Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. Do you know what post-separation abuse is? Some people, after they have separated from their partner, find out that the abuse continues. And today we're going to be talking about what is identified as post-separation abuse and what you can do about it, covering things from legal abuse, financial abuse, counter-parenting, alienation allegations, neglectful parenting and coercive control isolation and harassment and stalking. Today, we're going to make sure that you don't feel alone and we're going to talk to you about what you can do about it. This information, the post-separation abuse summary, we've taken from a website called One Mum's Battle, which if you are not following yet and you are suffering from post-separation abuse, I strongly recommend you check it out. Thank you, Mum, so much for coming along today. How are you? I'm well. How are you, Laura? (laughs) I'm struggling to get my words out today. (laughs) (laughs) And hello, everyone. (laughs) But thank you, Mum, for coming. Now, today we've noticed there's there's been a lot of triggering things in the news lately, and there's been deaths Mm. in Australia that have broken our hearts and there've been deaths in America as well recently and one mum's battle who this lady that I do follow on Instagram and this this post separation abuse will has been created by her she is highlighting that the fact that this is quite widespread and you know people need to be aware of what's happening to them and how to counteract it and I am really sorry for what's been happening recently in to these people in Australia and overseas and it's a real it's a real pandemic I think mm. that and hopefully this episode if you are going through it you're not going to feel alone and maybe you'll identify some things that will make you feel a little bit more okay this is what I'm experiencing I'm not going crazy yes mum what are your thoughts on post-separation abuse and what's going on and and um I I agree absolutely it's probably not recognized enough uh, by lawyers and judges uh, but it's Mm. beginning to be Uh, it's Mm. part of the coercive control thing I think um and I I feel I must say today uh we've had a man murdered um by a woman, and that is absolutely as much domestic violence as um, the lady being murdered. Um, mm. It's just terrible. And, and our police mm. are, are not up to speed, at least in this country. Uh, so by talking about it, by identifying it, we will make it a thing. We will, can refer to the studies and bring it to, to the attention of um, anyone who will listen about it. Um, and you might need to be saying to your lawyer, hey, I think I, I'm being abused post-separation through these these ways, you know, mm. Um, mm. and you'll see that some of the abuse that we're going to talk about actually makes you look like you're in the wrong. Mm. It's very clever and it's mm. hard to overturn. So let's and it go, does seem to be, Yeah, it does seem to be a pattern and mm. it seems to, it, it, it's kind of like same with the narcissist, you know, how we, you can see a pattern of how the divorce mm. is going to go. The playbook. This, post, this post-separation abuse seems to be similar in, in the playbook as well. So mm. talking through it, let's have a look. So um, let's start with coercive control, yep. which is part of post-separation abuse. So even though you've left 
um, they can create a sense of fear in all elements of your life. Um, and it's, it's also talks about belittling, undermining, shaming, criticizing you, strategically manipulating your family and friends or community yeah. and imposing a false sense of narrative to make you doubt your reality or your memory or your perceptions. So, Mum, is that something that's that can you can prove oh, in court? It's that very kind of- hard. No, it's not. It's it, a lot of it, um, the, the relationships um, that this person damages are damaged forever. Uh, mm. They particularly, they really try um, post-separation abuse to get to your family first and make your mm. family think that you're mad. And and mm-hmm. under and and you know why it works? It works because when you are in a def- uh, domestic violence relationship with coercive control, you norm you either don't recognise it because you're not being hit, or you don't talk about it because you feel it's disloyal to your partner. So when your partner rings up your mum, dad, sisters, and says, "I don't know what's happened with her. She's gone crazy. She's run out of the house." Yada yada. He's recruited them onto his side, and they're saying, "Well, we didn't see any evidence of what you're talking about now in the marriage, mm. so or in the relationship." And why didn't you mention it before? Yes. Why haven't? Why, like, I'm your mum. Oh, why haven't you told me? Or I'm your sister. I'm my best friend. Yeah. Why haven't you told? We're best friends. Why haven't you said something? So I guess that's or why true didn't that- you leave? Why yes. didn't you leave? I would have left as soon as that, you know, they just don't understand. Mm. They mm. just don't understand. So, so that that false narrative and that manipulating of your family can really make you feel quite isolated and that is another part isolation. of post-separation yeah. abuse, which is isolation, where they might spread lies and rumours to families, friends, even maybe the school. In the church, school, any um, community that you're both in, soccer clubs I've seen it, where they yeah. they recruit people onto their side and you're on the mm. outer, you can't go to church anymore, you can't go to soccer, um, the mothers don't talk to you at school because they formed this view based on, and they play the victim very well. A, a, a manipulative mm. and c- controlling person or an abuser can play the victim very well. So, yeah, that mm. leads to isolation. And sometimes the only friends you've got are the people who weren't involved in the marriage, like didn't know, didn't have anything to do with you during the marriage. And thankfully, there's usually a lot of those because when mm. they see what a jerk your partner is, they stop coming around. <laughs> and, and your partner may have been quietly discouraging them and you might have retreated from your friends because he didn't like them and you were getting peace at any price. So instead of isolation, embrace the opportunity to go back to your genuine friends um, mm. and and but yes anything that you did together um, and this starts very quickly after separation while you're still grieving they're out there maneuvering mm. and sorting things so that yeah and I think that's with the isolation I think it's important to note that also that comes down to perhaps professional isolation so mm. you know if your children were attending a certain doctor or GP that's become aware of the situation they'll try and move them to another one I've heard that story mm-hmm. uh, maybe try and change the school so they don't have to deal with the school because maybe the school's aware of the situation. So they, they just try and um, in that isolations process, try and really just take everything from that you. you've had as a support mm-hmm. system on the children's support system and rip it out and just so that the, there's that isolation and, and that I don't know if the aim of post-separation abuse is to get you back or whether the aim of post-separation abuse is to just make you suffer Punish. and hurt them. Punish but, you. Yes, but whatever that is, the isolation and taking away your support systems, the best way to fight it is 
to insist on your children attending the places that they used to attend, maybe get that in the court orders that you have the same GPs, the same mm-hmm. netball teams, the same school, and and also go and I if you want to challenge challenge the narrative go that's there. been put out there, yep. go out there and just say, you know what, actually that's not Tell true. Tell your truth. Yep. Um, and if they don't accept that, then like mum said, go and find new friends, create new friends, but don't just give up and walk away with your towel between your legs because you need that support system. Well, also, if you do walk away and dignity, holding your head high with dignity and just not dealing with them, can sometimes lend support to his narrative mm. or her yes. narrative until yep. after a while they realise what a jerk she is or he is. Yes. But it- yeah. Which leads to, I guess, harassment and stalking, mm. which is the next one. Mm. Because I guess one of the things you just want to do is, I've heard from people, is just get away from it. So, you know, if they are at the school talking to all the school mums and you're standing there, you don't want to be there. You want to get away as yes. far as you can. So, so that stalking and harassment comes into play where they're, mm. you know, standing there where you are with any social interactions, going to the same social places you go to. Sending um, you things. Yes. Signing you up for things. I remember a case years ago um, and my client was a male, not that Mm -hmm. matters particularly, but the lady (laughs) kept subscribing him to things off the back of magazines like Franklin Mint stuff. So he had the gold (laughs) gold set of Scrabble and then she signed him up to decorated thimbles using his credit card and these passes. But the most distressing thing for him was not that he got stuck with this women's Scrabble set worth hundreds or the the thimbles coming every month. It was Mm. that it was her way of intruding on his life Mm. and that was very hard for him to bear. So you don't That's want right. reminders popping up all of the time. No, and they they want you to be thinking about them. So I, I guess know, that's yeah. when if you do have children that the family parenting platforms like Our Children, yes. uh, Our Family Wizard and a couple of other things that, you know, they can only message you if you can get a court order that says they only message you on that platform. Mm-hmm. It stops the overwhelm from text messages, phone calls, emails. Yes. Because uh, I do know some people who actually have uh, because of post-separation abuse, they actually have trauma from checking their text messages and checking their emails, mm. which affects your life moving forward. You need to get that sorted out. So the best way is to put all that abuse in a box yes. <laughs> and and log in when you can deal with it yep. um, or when you need to. Chocolate. Um, <laughs> that's one way to deal with that constant harassment. Yep. When it comes to stalking, Mum, mm. if you think your ex is stalking you if you know your ex is stalking you through either social media or through you know spyware or following you in the car mm. what, or having what, someone what else should our listeners what should our listeners do about that report that to the police okay and and um and tell the the ex that you know that they're doing it and what you've done about it Okay. Now it I'm gonna be really honest here mm. and I we do TikToks mm. and Instagram and we did a TikTok about reporting your abuse to police. Yeah. And it's gone crazy because mm. the stories people put on there are basically I told the police they don't care. I've told the police I don't care. That's the story that goes over and over and over again. And Mm. I'm just going to call it. So if you're out there, your ex is stalking you or harassing you and you've told the police and they've basically fobbed you off and said, I don't care, you're not alone. No. Um, But we all have to stand up and we all have to keep fighting. So don't 
back off. Absolutely. Go back. Police can't hurt you. Get back. The police aren't going to hurt you. Yep. You go back. And get and their say, badge number, ask for their yep. rank and name, ask to speak to their superior, ask for mm-hmm. your complaint to be recorded. And yep. uh, we're publishing this in Queensland, Australia, where there yes. is a suggestion um, that some police um, may be subject to um, uh, crime and corruption inquiries if they don't take positive steps uh, mm. for domestic violence because we're losing too many people too often. Mm. Um, And so uh, I heard our uh, commissioner say that domestic violence was approximately 40% of their call-outs. I mean, it is core business now and and they need to understand what they're dealing with, Mm. you know. Mm. Um, And and it's up to, it's up to, I mean, I'm not saying like we're a customer, but in in the business mindset that I have, Mm. if your customers are constantly telling you that your service is crap, Yes. Um, you're going to change. And so it's it's our job uh, as as people to go and if we do report things to the police and they don't listen, it's your job to complain and yep. make it, Karen up, be, be angry because mm. this needs to change. And it could very well, your complaint, save somebody else's life if the police officer gets re-educated yep. and then they come against somebody else who has a problem. Mm. That you could save somebody else's life by making a complaint. Well, Laura, 36 years ago, 1984, mm. I think that's 36 years ago, um, is it? But anyway... <laughs> Maths. <laughs> Maths. Sorry, Ma. I think 1983, the family, the Domestic Violence Act first came into being. Um, mm. And actually, no, that was 89, sorry, first came into being. And I remember there was nothing before that. And, in fact, police wouldn't go to a matter if you called them up and told them something and that I've had them say that to me as a lawyer about my client, oh, we're not going, it's a domestic matter, we're not involved in that. When the legislation was was um, introduced, the first family court uh, domestic violence legislation, that was groundbreaking and it was only because of the really intense advocacy of some of the women's legal groups that this legislation was even thought about. So we can, as as a, a group of people, consistently voice our concern and it will cause change. It, mm. The only thing that won't change um, is if, if you don't say anything, nothing will change. But yeah. if all of us together don't take no for an answer and constantly yeah. report it and then now we're getting pressure from the government down that they have to record it there'll be protocols i'm sure um and the thing is coercive control is only really proven to the courts um by numerous small and consistent events so they've tried to make it a crime in some states and the police have said it's the easiest way to thing to prove because Coercive control is the sort of abuse that continues after separation um, Mm. because you've physically removed yourself from the person. Um, They have to mind how they speak to you. But there's all these other avenues like legal Mm. abuse, Laura. That's right, and we're going to talk about that in a Mm. minute. And I think just in case you are listening and you're thinking, I'm dealing with a nightmare at the moment, the last thing I need is to 
be using my energy to stand up to the police and I totally get that if you mm. don't have the energy. Don't do it. But maybe go back later yep. once all this is over and stand up to them then so that perhaps we can help others. And I think that's the important part, women and, and men who are going through this. If you can't stand up to them now, just remember it and go Write back later. Write it down and go Write back with down. your diary, yes. Yeah. And those of us yeah. who can stand up, we should mm-hmm. do it on behalf of, of the men and women who are just in too bad a place at the moment. I agree, yeah. So, Mum, like you mentioned, legal abuse. Mm. So post-separation abuse, one of the, the the coercive control elements, I guess, is this legal abuse where they're using court proceedings, threatening court, ignoring court orders, deliberately causing delays in court proceedings, making legal threats, seeking a change in custody to get revenge on you. So All I know you've come things. across that as a lawyer, I guess you see. Do, do judges look at it and go that okay it's like for example maybe a parent might say I want the child all of the time and that person never see them mm. do they see that as post-separation abuse no because it doesn't look any different to the legitimate use of of the mm. court and their systems um, only after a period of time because like it's in that realm of coercive control so it's mm. the pattern that begins to develop but it takes a long time Uh, disregarding court orders, they'll hardly do that uh, because there are consequences. Um, So it's generally the more uh, nuanced stuff, like uh, if they commit domestic violence, they quickly go to the police and report you for domestic violence, Uh, tell them that you're crazy and by the time you get in there, you've got police Mm. going, oh, it's you, (laughs) you know, Mm. Um, or you call your mother for support and they go, oh, you're the mother, and they've already formed a view because they've been sucked right in. Uh, with Mm. this manipulative person. Um, So the court proceedings, some people, some awful people, would rather spend the money on lawyers than um, stop fighting. And at Mm. least while they're bringing application after application and forcing you to go to court, they're getting your attention and they know where Mm. you're going to be on a particular day um, and they get to heap more abuse on you. And they do tell terrible lies under oath with no care. <laughs> like so, in their affidavits. In their affidavits yeah. and things. And they and then for your point, uh, from your point of view, when you when all you can say is, No, it didn't, <laughs> that didn't happen. No, it didn't. Yeah. Um, and you seldom have evidence to prove to the contrary. Sorry to interrupt this episode, but we have a really important announcement that very well might just help you out. Currently in the family court, do you currently have a family lawyer? to our new free webinar called How to Keep Your Costs Down During Family Court Proceedings. Reserve your seat now by clicking the link in our bios on our social media pages or going into the show notes and clicking on the link. In this webinar, you will learn how to manage your legal costs during your divorce. We walk you through how to actually get your divorce, property and children's settlements sorted without spending thousands of dollars in the court. Mum will also talk you through how to avoid costly pitfalls when hiring lawyers and getting lawyers to do your court documents. If you register for our free webinar to help make your divorce less painful and costly, you'll be able to discover the steps you can take yourself to keep your costs down and not end up with horrible bill shock. Learn from Lynn, a lawyer of 35 years experience get some gems of information and set yourself on the right path to your new life. Click on the link and reserve your seat today. Now let's get back to the episode. Seldom. So it's it's a true thing. And for the court to rule someone as a vexatious litigant, they really, really 
have to be extreme. So uh, it's very, it's a question of degree. And most people who are doing this to their partners just to keep the fight going, keep the attention on them, cause them grief, uh, they're doing it just under the radar. So it could be interpreted as a legitimate claim or or need to go to court sorry though gosh but you have that i think the family court um the fcfo what is it family Family court Court, federal circuit Circuit and family court of australia fcfcoa yeah which is in short the family court um they basically have changed a lot of their rules for um making applications do you think now that they're they're saying you can't have more than how many applications one? Oh, it, it says Is that help? it's normally not more than one and you have to yeah. sort of explain it. It probably can help a little bit, I think. Um, again, uh, it, it's just a question of the court identifying um, what is a malicious application with no hope of success um, mm. from a legitimate complaint from a person because they're gaslighting the, the judges yeah. too. Can I ask you, Mum, mm. if you had a client who was suffering from legal abuse mm. and you knew that it was just misuse of court proceedings mm. and all the stuff that was going on, mm. false reporting, how would you try and present that to the judge? What What would you ask your client to do to help you get the evidence or to prove it? I think I'd ask my client to agree to a psychiatric assessment if the other party would have one as well because they're not mm-hmm. usually normal people who do mm. that. Um, I would... Uh, if there's if there's children involved and they can speak for themselves, I'd get a family report. Mm-hmm. Um, ask them to agree in the family report. Um, do a bit of acting for themselves to keep their costs down. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I I do say that, that that practice direction you're talking about the the new core principles um, of this court now are the speedy um, and cost effective resolution of disputes and if I thought the lawyer was being blind to what their client was doing I would point it out to their lawyer and point out to the lawyer that the lawyer has an obligation uh, mm. to make sure that it's a good re- use of the court's time and that they're not just a gullible mouthpiece um, as the court has said, the lawyers are not gullible mouthpieces. So if you can't get the, the your other party to stop, maybe you can point out to the lawyer the risk they're running if they keep taking their client at face value. Okay. Mm. Okay. Now, the other parts of post-separation abuse, unfortunately, uh, apart from financial, which we, we all know about and we'll talk mm. about a little bit in a minute, but a lot of it can be the kids, yes. using the kids because that's, like kicking you in the feels because your mm. kids are your everything. Yes. So, you know, there's um, the one mum's battle is described counter-parenting, neglectful or abusive parenting, and then the kicker, uh, parental alienation allegations. So let's cover uh, neglectful or abusive parenting. So mm. maybe they expose the children to unsafe situations. They create fear about the, the other parent. They use violence, intimidations, manipulations mm. to get the kids to agree to what they want and they put their needs above others. I mean, uh, their above own the needs. child. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I guess that is terrible post-separation abuse. How do you counter it that? What, if someone's dealing uh, that with that now, how do you counter that? Yeah. Well, Laura, that's a hard question. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Mel. <laughs> I, I was going to say I've seen situations like that where uh, one fellow 
had the kids kite surfing when they were very young and think you know oh or a, a girl taking the children up on a light aircraft when the other parent was terrified of light aircrafts uh, stuff like that mm. how do you deal with it you name it you write the letter um you say um this wasn't acceptable you did this mm. you've um uh, you've left them in the pub while you've gone drinking, just name it all um, and yeah. say if it happens again, you're going straight to court to change the orders. Um, if they use violence, intimidation, threat and ridicule um, of you to the children, that is just as bad as anything else they can do and you name it. You put, you type a letter, send a letter and make it in bold, underlined with inverted commas the words they are alleged to have said um, and dot point each lot so that it looks even worse. Um, okay. And so they know uh, they can say these things because you can't stop them if they're with the children. But if the children yeah. report it, it's going to come back to them. If they've got a lawyer, write that letter to their lawyer. And an abusive mm. parent really does place their needs above the kids. So you'll often find they'll drag the kids from pillar to post for whatever activity they want to do or mm. um, they might be more about taking the children off you than having time mm. themselves. So if you pick up that the kids are spending time at a girlfriend's place or something and he's not there, name that as well. Just I think it's just like shining a torch on that sort of crap behaviour. And, and I guess be if you've been in... But if you've been in a coercive control situation, you're probably not completely used to or comfortable with pointing out bad behaviour of your ex. Yes. If you've constantly been in an abusive mm. relationship, it could be very hard to say, hey, I don't like what you're doing because probably for 15 years or 25 years you've always just kept your mouth shut because you want to keep the peace and you're afraid mm. that maybe if you point it out you're going to get some sort of, you know, mm backlash so I know yeah. what mum's saying sounds easy hmm. but maybe you are thinking oh I don't want to do that because that might really upset them but in this situation you are separated if you're in a safe place you need to stand up for your kids don't yeah. you mum and I think naming it puts it in a document that if you do go to court you yeah. can show the judge or the family report writer I think what that's right by putting it writing the letter um you are highlighting what they've said and they know that anything else they say is probably going to be giving the same treatment so they may not ease off on the abuse of with the children or the alienation of the children um because um they realize that's quite the wrong thing to do oh my god what was i doing to my own darling children no <laughs> but they'll ease off yeah. because they can't get away with it anymore and i don't yeah. know that in a in a in a marriage where one person's really controlling and manipulative and awful, one other the other parent generally does is the buffer for the kids and the protector for the kids. Um, mm. You leave when you can't stand it anymore, um, but that means the children don't have a buffer unless you continue that role um, by mm. writing and, That's a and good standing way of up about for them. It. Mm. Yeah. Now, and then that comes to counter-parenting as another post-separation abuse, yeah. and this is terrible. And I guess undermining your uh, mm. safe parenting decisions, mm. withholding consent of medical treatment, seeking yeah. to impose opposing values. So that that stuff would be stressful, oh, upsetting, and 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 I can see how some people in a post-separation abuse can be painted as the crazy person because, you know, if, if that was happening, I'd be yeah. pretty angry and losing yeah. my mind that my child was going through this. So, yeah. what happens when? How can you stop counter-parenting? Do you just name it as well? <sighs> 
You can. Um, they're very subtle, though. Often it can be something like they join a new church, completely different faith mm. to what you were doing, or they take them bike riding or or they, um, I don't know, kite flying or whatever. Um, yeah. Again, you can either rail against it and say things, name it, and they will be going, well, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with me taking to church? What's wrong with us, um, mm. you know, doing this? What's wrong with that? And you might find you don't have support in the in the legal side. Um, so another way of dealing with it is to embrace it. So if they <laughs> if they want if they want the kids sort of to be the world's best tennis players, well get on in there and join the club and you know it that's better for the children because you're on yeah. board. And a lot of the yeah. times they'll do stuff with the kids that the kids really want to do. Mm. And if you start saying, oh, I don't want to do that because I've got my reasons um, it's easy for them to get the kids to align against you. So embrace what you can, um, yeah. join that church, yeah. uh, play Pokemon, yeah. whatever it is that you have to do yeah. so that the kids, because remember if you're having a tug of war, I've just realised our whole podcast, Laura, is analogies, mm. <laughs> metaphors. But I if know. you're having a tug of war with the kids, you can just sort of let go of the rope and go over to their side when it's not harmful. You know, if there's yeah. no real harm in them going to church or playing football or joining the swimming or whatever, well, maybe yeah. make the kids uh, feel better about going by embracing them. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And and the last one uh, in that children area of post-separation abuse is this alienation allegations. Now, you've said in a past episode that technically alienation actually isn't a psychological proven thing Apparently, it's not in yeah. their little handbook that you know yeah. they have all the definitions of everything from post-separation abuse the abusive parent there seems to be a trend where the abusive parent makes a claim the kid doesn't want to go or the kid doesn't like the parent probably because they're abusive but then they instead of accepting the fact oh maybe it's because I'm abusive they they then lay this allegation of alienation yeah that's right which which seems to be a, a cycle and a pattern that just, just runs through so many people that have reached out to mm. us and in one mum's battle really highlights it yeah. where valid claims of abuse are labelled as alienation. So sometimes people are too afraid to say my kid's getting hurt or my kid's being abused because they're worried that it's going to look like in the court that they're that they're trying to alienate the child. So how hmm. do, how do how do people deal with that? Okay, so the the law used to say that if you were kind of an unfriendly parent, they called it. You weren't promoting the relationship with the other side. That was one of the reasons, one of the ways that the children would be deemed to be less safe with you than with the other, um, and mm-hmm. uh, the best interests of the children not being met. They revoked that part of the legislation, but even so, there's still that lingering. Um, stigma that if if you're not sending the kids or or you say the kids are being abused with their parent there's that stigma oh she's just saying that or he's just saying that so they don't come over and the diff mm. the op the the alienation kind of scenario is the opposite of lived experience scenario so when older kids can t- speak up for themselves they'll mm. soon say oh I don't go to mum's because she hit me or she locked me in my room for three days um, and people mm. will believe them. It's it's the little kids that that uh, have the trouble. But, yes, so yeah. um, it's it's important to, to back up your claims somehow if you can. I mean, if mm. there's if there's physical marks on the children, see, they're only nonverbal till three or four um, and then mm. it, they'll report 
what's going on at the other house and you just have to be strong. Um, there's two, when a family report writer or, or um, any professional looks at what's happening, they may label you as anxious, over-anxious, over-involved. I think someone mm. made that diagnosis of me once. I was over-involved with my children. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> Thanks, Mum. Yeah. I like it. Um, <laughs> um, but another an alternative diagnosis of over-involved, an alternative reason is that what you're saying is true. You know, you're mm. not only in it. It's true. It's their lived experience. So you need to maintain, and it will be a lot of pressure, but you maintain your position. There'll be a lot of pressure from the court to reality check you, you know, mm. um, and it's just a shame that, that it happens. And, and kids, the little ones can't say. Uh, it's probably the most complex part of family law and the saddest part. Now, in that situation, um, is that what an ICL's job is? In in Australia, an independent children's lawyer could be appointed. Um, they may be sucked in as well because they're only going to be looking at external evidence. Mm. But, you know, there might have been a domestic violence application by you at some stage, uh, mm. which will give tend to give weight to your side of the story. And, of course, mm. that's why we have contact centres. There are many people who the court's not sure are safe with the children. So put them in the contact centre while they wait for the trial and then hopefully mm. in the trial things develop. I mean, the, like I said, um, post-separation abuse is lovely in some respects. It's because they can't do it behind closed doors. They can't bully you or hit you or, you know, undermine you privately. If they're going to communicate with you, it has to be in writing and and. Mm. Often they'll slip. Someone will slip up and send a text that is abusive, coercive, and just puts that um, doubt perhaps into the judge's mind, or gives gives credit to what you're saying about this person and how far mm. they would go to put their needs above the kids and to you know um, win against you. It's not about the kids; it's about you, and that that turns out um, to be the case. Um, every now and then and you can prove it. So you've got to prove that that their aim is to control you and to abuse you f- moving forwards and I guess you can do that like you've, we've discussed in each little section. So getting getting the evidence, talking to the police uh, as best you can and uh, trying to support as much as you can. Don't try and play tug of war too much with the kids and try and really jump on the bandwagon. I have heard some stories where you've suggested that to other people I know and, and the minute the minute that person embraced it, the other the <laughs> other partner just went, oh, this isn't having the effect I was hoping for, so they just stopped. So <laughs> That's a great idea. When do we start? <laughs> yeah, this is too much effort uh, and too much money for me and yeah. it's not seeming to have the effect. So I guess yeah. you can also try and control the way that it affects you as well. And financial abuse, of course, mm. you know, the main one that I can think of uh, that might not be mentioned there or it is 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 not paying child support yeah I mean that's a big one and and the court looks at that um and that's got equal like it's one of the ways the court looks at how genuinely someone cares for their children so often Mm. in by the time you get to a trial or at some point in between their behavior catches up with them and they don't usually turn into abusive parents overnight there's usually something in their criminal history or their child child um, 
uh, history with, you know, Department of Child Safety history that you can use to, to yeah, support them. But, yes, it's, if the, it's not putting, it's not that you've got to prove uh, that they're trying to get you. It's that you've got to prove that they are not putting the children's needs above their own and it's against the best interests of the children. But if you don't have kids, you can also be going through this post-separate and abuse that's just lucky in a way that you don't have kids in that regard. Yes, but it's um, still very intense, isn't it? Yes. It's all the yes. rest of it still applies. I see it all the time. Yeah. And, look, uh, if you are interested in the, the One Mums Battle, uh, mm. she is onemumsbattle.com and it's O, not a I was going to say One Mums um, Battle. Yes. yes she's and great. Look, she's, yeah. she's really got it in there. And, 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 look, the court system is different in America as it is to in Australia and, look, it's got its pros and cons for both of them. Um, but it's the same pattern of behaviour mm. that, men and women are facing after they leave their partners. And if you're aware of it or even know, okay, they're doing some of this, perhaps maybe this is going to happen soon, uh, you can be prepared as well. And don't feel alone because there's a reason why this post-separation abuse thing exists is because it's happening to so many people. It's Mm. starting to be identified as a a thing. Um, So you're not alone. You could turn it into a bingo game so it doesn't affect you You so badly. You know, post-separation abuse bingo and see how they go. Um, Yeah, you could tick it off. It does make you feel better when you realise it's part of a pattern because otherwise you can feel like you're in a washing machine with just one thing after another. Or you feel like you're crazy. So it's really important that you know that you're not crazy. Mm. Get a reality check. Go and see a psychologist. Say, hey, I think I'm suffering from post-separation abuse. Here's what's happening. Mm. Here's this thing I found. I'm going to link it into the show notes so you can go to her website and have a look. Um, But I thought it was an important day just to to raise this issue, uh, to know there's so many people out there that have reached out that are going through this, and it isn't okay. Um, But you're not alone, and there are ways to deal with it. And I thank you, Mum, very much for your time today. Thank you, Laura. Bye, everyone. Keep safe. Bye, everyone. Take care. If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording. 